Welcome to STEAM State of Mind, your favorite source for all things STEAM education. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. STEAM State of Mind! Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a STEAM State of Mind. STEAM State of Mind! (laughs) Hi, it's Carrie, and we are here in Kettering for our STEAM State of Mind podcast. Hey, this is Byrne. Carrie, I'm so excited about today. So excited because we are going to be talking about an amazing first grade team at Beavertown Elementary and how they have totally adopted this STEAM state of mind. And now we want to welcome this wonderful team from Beavertown Elementary, and I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves to our audience. Hey, I'm Marcy Plackey, Amy Getz, Mary Van Oss. And from what I understand, you guys really kind of took a risk last year. And you committed to integrating your curriculum and developing um, a real STEAM state of mind and and bringing your kids along. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys made that happen, how you kind of um, had that mind shift here at Beavertown with your students. Can you guys remember back that far away? That was a year ago. (laughs) One year ago. (laughs) I remember. Yeah, Yeah. Amy, why don't you start? Because it was kind of your brainchild to begin with, and then it kind of took off from there. Well, I remember that we wanted Byrne to come in, and we wanted to talk about doing STEAM projects. And um, we, as we were talking, we all kind of started getting this idea of since it was in October, we wanted we wanted to do a um, Macy's Day Parade only for Beavertown, just to focus on reading, on books, and having the kids um, integrate all those um, skills that come with the STEAM program. And so it just kind of grew. We talked for like three hours, I think. Oh, we yes. just oh, went we on did. and on and on. It was a great collaborative and it was like, How about this? And then how about this? And we could do this. And then we said, next year we'll start it early. Er, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Because we will make it happen. That's right. You always do. So since our audience can only hear, they can't see, describe that parade and kind of what are some of the STEAM like initiatives that you brought to that fun parade? Because I remember seeing the video of that. It was awesome. Yeah. Remember the topic. The topic last year was... Once upon a time. Once upon a time. So it was all the floats had a theme of... A book, right? That we that we had read or done something with in class, and after we grouped the kids, they had to collaborate and come to a consensus about which book their group wanted to try to design. Right, and we were using books from the New Wonders program and some fairy tales and folk tales that we had integrated into that um, because we started off the year with those um, stories, and um, they just. They just took off with it. They absolutely loved it. And so we were using the literature, and then we pulled in the whole idea of movement and push and pull and how Mm -hmm. they were going to move their floats, um, how they were going to design their floats. Yeah, and and there was some really cool things leading up to that even, that burn pulled together really and we kind of pulled together as a group and he came in and there was a whole lesson on push and pull and movement and we talked about one of our wonder stories that we had 
done that week and pulled that in. And there was a great lesson on that. And there was another one on, there was also one that just kind of focused on characters and settings that kind of like got their minds going like, okay, I've got to work on this, you know, just so people will know what the float is, the setting and get the characters in there. So there was some cool lessons leading up too. Right. And then Byrne brought in all this different types of materials for the kids to use. <laughs> and when they saw the tubs of materials, it was amazing how they quickly thought, oh, we can use this to make this on our float. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I was totally amazed and impressed with a group of students that I had when they were trying to decide how to make their float move. Byrne had brought in these miniature skateboards. Yeah. <laughs> so they immediately took them, but they had put their whole float on top of the skateboard, and they realized that it wasn't quite balanced. And how were they going to keep it from tipping over? Because part of the skateboard curves up. So they worked with it. They asked me, and I said, I don't know. What can you do? So they just took off and they realized that they had to move the skateboards forward where the curve part was so that their float box would sit flat on the skateboards. (laughs) And I was totally (laughs) impressed. And as soon as they figured that out, me and they went to town on all four corners. They each took a corner, worked on it, made it work happen, and it really worked out. I was really impressed that they came up with how to move that out. And the kids cooperated with each other. There was never any arguments. There was never any fights over what was going to happen. They talked through their things, and they decided who was going to work on what part. And they did an absolutely excellent job for only being in school three months. wasn't even quite three months. How they worked and collaborate. Yeah. You you know know what you mean. Collaborated. Collaborated, yes. (laughs) Together to, to design it. And then when they performed the parade, they were just so proud of themselves. They walked around our gym, and we had our drum club play at the beginning, and as they were going around. But the smiles on their faces, they they just beamed. They were so happy with what they had seen and how the rest of the school clapped and received what they did. I remember they were like, somebody... Those kids were clapping for something we made. Right. I'm like, I know. Can you believe it? And they're like, clapping for us. I mean, it was it was pretty exciting. What was even more amazing to me was we had not been together as a school yes. for mm-hmm. two over two years. And these were first graders. So right. they right. hadn't been right. They hadn't been in, in school. school. Oh, right. And so it was the first time we had come together as a whole school. I know I cried. I think we all cried the tears because it was just it. Even still now, it was amazing to, to for the response. Bringing um, that community together right. that we have not had because of the pandemic. Yeah, right. And it was something, it was, it was I special. mean, I was, And we received so cool. some emails from some other um, staff and that came to the building to watch that day. We even got some emails from other people like, oh my goodness, that was just such a way to start off our holiday break for... Yeah. So I I just want to pull back a little bit, though, because some of these things that you guys are saying, these results, it sounds like they just magically happened. The kids all, you know, went ahead and they all just got along and they all just, you know, did these great things together. As a team, you guys, 
developed these great um, that you guys had a mindset that hold it. We need to we want these kids to be able to communicate, cooperate, collaborate, reach a consensus together. And you guys worked on that with these kids throughout. And it's something that you reinforce. But it was a changing that mindset of not just sitting there individually, not just, you know, telling having them. Um, you know, do workbook pages or, you know, learn where we just tell them this is what you do and this is how you do it. And now you do it. You know, you guys really changed your mindset or, you know what I mean? Like had a different mindset of how you were going to yeah. approach this. How has, how, how have these kind of continued to change how you approach teaching the standards that, that you, you know, you've got to teach to the kids. How, how has that changed your, um, your approach? I mean, I will say it was not easy at first as a teacher. Like I wanted to jump in and be like, no, you've got to tape this right here. Yeah. Tape this down. <laughs> all right. No, 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 no. Come Fix on over here. Him, right? Let me, yeah. I, 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 it was hard to not jump in. I'm not going to lie. I, Cause it's, I mean, it was just difficult, especially when you saw them struggling. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But it was amazing to see. I, it, it kind of taught me personally, like, okay, I do need to stand back sometimes and I do need to let them figure this out because they got there. Someone would come up with an idea in the group and someone else in the group was like, no, that's definitely not going to work. And then there would be a disagreement and it would take a little while to come to this consensus of like what they were going to do to make it work. And sometimes one person had to, sh they, sometimes they just had to do it and see it fail to know, okay, it's, it's not going to work without me jumping in and saying, it's not going to work. Um, so it, it kind of showed me like, Hey, I need to more often do that. I need to often stand back, let them figure out things when we're doing this type of thing. And they need to fail sometimes mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. know, to get an idea of how to make it work. Yeah, and um, it's okay and the, to fail. And it's, right, exactly. And it's okay. Yeah. They had to learn that it's okay to fail. It's not going to work out the first time every time. And that's hard for kids to oh, yes. understand and realize that that's okay. It's, it is hard. And for adults too, but for kids, right. you know, they, they think, oh, if I don't do it right, yeah. I'm going to be in trouble or something's going to happen. <laughs> and, yeah. it, but it's really okay. And we talk about that all the time on these podcasts that yeah. really... Learning is all about failing and then figuring yeah. out how to do it the right way. And yeah. that sounds like that's something that you guys have embraced. And then, I mean, to be honest, Bern had, he came with the lessons. I mean, we talked about what we wanted to do. Um, and then he had designed the lessons, which were integrated across all the, you know, subject areas, which made it very easy for us as teachers to carry that. Um, you know, it was great material. And then he would come up and come in and he would begin to present the lessons. And as it moved along, we got more comfortable interacting and more of a team teaching approach. Um, and then sometimes Burns, we'd have to step back and say, not, not for first grade. This is probably not yeah. going to, you know, <laughs> burn. There's no way we're getting this lesson done yeah. in 45 minutes, right? <laughs> this is like a two hour thing for first mm. grade. And so we work, it just worked. It started to work very nicely yep. and we would be very honest with one another. Um, but because he could help with that, that made it easy for us to do our job right. because he came with the materials. We didn't have to gather materials. You know, we all know for teaching, there's so little time. Um, mm -hmm. And so that made it very easy. Um, well, and why we're so fortunate in Kettering right. to have 
a burn, right? You know, so a steam coach that can support you guys, and then that you guys are open to having him come in and right. work with you because that right. doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that, that I can't you know, imagine <laughs> to challenge you guys. Hope this to changes kinda, some people's minds. Yeah, so. change the way you do things, and for you guys to be open to that, for you to take that risk is really amazing. But what's really cool, and you know, because they're talking about well, Burn did this, Burn did that. I didn't do anything <laughs> that you guys didn't direct me into. I just kind of put the little touches or whatever, you know, put things together because really what we did when we sat down for like those three hours, that first meeting, it was just a collaboration and it right. just sat down. Okay. Well, well, what do you, what do you guys want? What, what do we, what, what's your, why, why do you want to do this? And what do we want to do and how are we going to do it? And, you know, I mean, it was really a collaborative effort and, you know, I, it was so much fun. I loved this whole project and working together with this. And it's know. it's amazing how many standards you can pull into something like this. Yes. I mean, I'm looking through all the standards that we pulled in, and I mean, it's cross-curricular, just across the board. I'm like, wow, we have pulled so many standards into this one project. It was amazing. But it was a great project to start with mm-hmm. um, because it just really helped the kids. I mean, it was motivating. We got to were coming together and they were so proud of their work. And then as the year progressed, then we started doing other things. Um, so which, what are some of the other projects that you guys put into place? I know, I know you were really intentional about having some long-term project-based learning right. going on with your students. What are some of the other projects? So then we started working with living, living things and we moved into growing plants. Um, <laughs> we started with the little grass head guys uh, in the beginning and looking at what do plants need to survive. Um, We moved into fruits and vegetables with the whole idea that we're eventually putting in the the garden out in the courtyard and designing. They worked on designing what they wanted that courtyard to look like. Um, We, you know, we did run out of time. We had great plans. um, And then time is always the element. Um, And so our goal is to move forward with that this year. Um, so, but Burns like a celebrity for the first graders now. <laughs> you know, he comes, they see his truck, he Mr. pulls S. up, they're like, "Oh, he's here!" <laughs> <laughs> well, but but it but it's that excitement you guys continue, you know, throughout. Like the kids know, like they're highly engaged, and mm-hmm. and look at last year, and we'll be doing it again this year. I hope you know with the tower garden. You know, integrating the technology of the aeroponics and the tower garden, and then you guys threw them a salad party. And yes. Talk about that Which a little bit. <laughs> That's so great. Lots of ranch. Lots of ranch. Okay, it's all right. Hey, we're in Ohio. Ranch, ranch is a really thing. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> they were funny because some of them had never eaten that before. They had never eaten any of those lettuces or spinach or kale, and just to watch them. Um, to go through that. They all wanted different pieces, different kinds, and they were very willing to try everything with lots of ranch. Um, (laughs) Well, it probably makes a difference because they They grew grew it. it. I mean, how cool. I'm sure lots of them had never grown their own vegetables before. And we had the tower sitting in the hallway where we pass every single day Mm -hmm. when we go to lunch and when we come back from lunch. So they were able to see that growth as we went past back and forth that, oh, there was next to nothing. And then all of a sudden, it seems like they just sprouted and they were huge. 
Yeah. And then they kept saying, are they going to stop growing? <laughs> because, I mean, our whole tower was completely covered with different types of lettuce. And they were totally amazed at how fast and that it wasn't in the ground. Right. So coming from the dirt, there was no dirt involved at all. It was all done with the water. So they were pretty amazed at mm-hmm. how that could happen. And then you guys were worried, like, how big of a ranch bottle can I find <laughs> at Costco, right? <laughs> I actually was wondering, is it ever going to stop growing? Because well, every time you prune we, it, more would grow back. We took home lettuce to have with our own families. That's awesome. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. Yeah. So and even watching their peers, they were watching their peers, some of of the kids love the salads they're eating it and I think some other that were a little more apprehensive were like oh ah. well they're eating it so just being in a group of kids all eating the yeah. same thing I think it made it a little more like okay I should probably eat this everyone seems to like it, it. <laughs> so watching your your kids from the parade to the aeroponic garden and I know you worked with Wolpert right. and yes. the drones and the they drones, yes. the drones. Yes. and I know the kids loved that um what kind of um, what what of these experiences? What kind of impact have they had on your students? How when you watched them from you know October to the springtime, and how did you see them kind of advance? For me, I we we talked all the time about this is science, and they have a great attitude about science, which is not always. I mean, that's mm-hmm. hard sometimes in the primary grades to get the time. Um, to be able to do those types of things. And so they did have a great attitude about that. I felt like they were excited. They um, were began to notice things. When we started talking about planning the courtyard, um, they really used their imagination and, <laughs> and thinking about not only how it would look, but what kinds of things would be important in a courtyard. And I know, you know, in in my class, we tied in, bees and why are these things important and why is it important to take care of our environment and by the end of the year that's that's what they were all talking about that this is this that the world is a place to take care of and we have a responsibility that's where i saw a huge and can we remind our audience these are first graders right and they were very serious (laughs) about that um they wrote you know they wrote um reports about how bees are going to, you know, why they're important and why it's important that we are doing the things that we need to do to take care of our environment. It was very amazing that they were just six and seven-year-olds. Yeah, authentic learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys gave them that opportunity. And you gave them opportunity to critically think. Um, You gave them the opportunity to share their ideas and problem solve and observe and all of these things, you guys allowed that to happen in your classrooms. And I think that that's where, when we're talking about the steam state of mind, you know, um, I think that 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 biggest first step is, you know, taking that risk to allow these experiences to happen in the classroom. And then once you see the impact that it makes, it really can, you know, changes like you were saying earlier, how you approach your teaching and how you approach the things that you do in your classroom. And when you see these kids that excited and that engaged and talking knowledgeably about real world problems, that's pretty awesome. It is. And you guys did it. I mean, you guys had a lot of help. (laughs) We had a lot of support. A guidance. We had a lot of guidance from you. And then we took from you and then reached out on our own. 
So that to have that beginning to feel like, okay, I can do this with Burns reassurance, it's okay. And it also made me think that you don't have to do everything out of the book all the time. (laughs) And we incorporated it in so many other different ways without it being a worksheet. Right. And let them go with it. And we kind of went with the flow of where they were at and expanded upon it. Yeah. But what was cool, though, is that we didn't really throw away the resources because all the lessons that we did, you know, integrated the wonders, like, you know, the wonder yeah, stories and stuff. That. And science fusion. What would you say um, are some of the challenges of shifting to kind of a steam state of mind? What are some of the things that you guys, um, you know, had to work through besides wanting to fix everything for your kiddos? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch them get frustrated, but let's take it way back. The first lesson that we did was more of a social-emotional lesson. We started off, they built their own superheroes, and they decided what their superhero power was, and each one had their own, of how they could make a bad day good, how they could turn a day around. Because some days in the float building, it's mm-hmm. not going to go your way, and there's there's going to be some frustration. Um you know, and I would just remind them, like, well, what was your superpower if I could see them getting a little, you know, because regulating emotions at that age is, I mean, they're still learning how, right. to, how to regulate that. Sure. Um, and a lot of the kids, they would cho- choose belly breaths or counting to 10 or coloring quietly. So, I mean, that was pretty neat to see. Like, they chose a superpower. They drew it on the back of their little capes and just watching them kind of grow socially that way. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're still learning throughout first grade how to how to regulate. And we did a whole lesson on that. I thought that was really cool just to kind of introduce, introduce it, knowing that when we're getting ready to do cooperative learning like that in groups, it's not going to go your way every time. And, and, and that's challenging yeah. to uh, um, when, because I find it, I mean, it's easier to give the kids a worksheet and have put it in front of them and have them do it quietly at their seat. Okay. That definitely is easier. But um, is that the best way for these students to learn? Is it going to be memorable for them? Because I guarantee you, these, those kids who are in second grade right now, if you ask them, you know, well, how did you learn about push and pull and forces and how things move and stuff like that. Oh, we built that float and we were able to, we had to figure this out and they had to do all the problem solving. They remembered that experience. And so setting, you guys help set the stage by doing those superheroes and by doing these things, you help the kids to be successful in the social emotional aspect of things too. And that's all part of that integration and that steam state of mind where you are, you know, yeah, there's going to be challenges and there's going to be difficulties, but you guys are helping them succeed by giving them opportunities to fail. And how do you, what do you do when you fail to, you know, communicate with each other? Well, what happens if somebody doesn't listen or cooperate? You know, how do you move on from that? And these are life skills that these kids are going to be using. God, I wish we could get some adults to do the superhero <laughs> right. things. You right. Know? right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think so. I think also time, like for us, we had to be flexible with our time. That was a hard thing to mm-hmm. to go with, that we're not necessarily following things um, straight through our textbooks. 
and we had to be looking ahead and pulling things in. Um, and if there was an interest or a direction, we had to be flexible with the way we were going to go. And that's not always easy because we get mm-hmm. things planned out and we get in our head, we have so much to accomplish. And that's sometimes hard to sit back and say, oh, maybe today because there was an interest here, we're going yeah. to follow this. Or this is really going well. I'm not backing off this activity right now, even though only 30 minutes was planned. Maybe we're going to have to do an hour and we're going to somehow have to figure out how to make up right. that other 30 minutes somewhere along the Which way. Which is a challenge in and of itself. Correct. Correct. Sure. But um, it's such, and it's so many integrative pieces like the integration aspect of it that I mean we did math with it too you know the kids had to measure they could only the float could only be so big and when they were doing the um with the Wolpert and the drones and all of that stuff painting out the gardens we can only you can only put such a large garden so so big in certain spaces and stuff but yeah, I do. I know that we probably are crunching for time here but I do want to talk about teacher efficacy so, Carrie, why don't you ask a question that, because I know I ask this question all the time, because that's number one with Hattie, you know, teacher efficacy. Thinking back and forward, because you're continuing this, have, have these experiences had a positive impact on your teacher efficacy, would you say? Yes, I think yeah. everything that we've done, it makes us more um, positive, sure of ourselves. Um, comfortable. You know, I think I made the comment to Burn about a lesson we're doing next week. And I said, oh, this is not the one I feel the most comfortable with. However, because of the materials provided, and I've done it before now, uh, I do feel much more comfortable teaching that. Um, Physical science is not my thing. Life science is much more my thing. (laughs) But I'm feeling better about teaching those things. And um, I feel comfortable with how the children are going to respond and some of the questions I might have to deal with. Uh, I'm feeling better about the technology because technology is not always my friend, Um, (laughs) especially since my classroom seems to be haunted or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you just, you feel more driven and, and more positive about what it is that you're doing and what it is you can accomplish. Is that answering? Okay, that those were beautiful. Yeah. More driven, more positive. Which you can, I, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And I know um, in some cases that we have, um, you know, that collaborative effort, being able to work together. You know, that collective efficacy as a team. How has this helped you guys as a team? Maybe it's just solidified it as opposed yeah, to right. yeah, making absolutely. it happen in, right. to mm-hmm. begin with. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was impressed. I mean, I, I like I have told you guys several times, like, oh, my God, I love this team because we just sit down and just ideas are flowing, but it's We're here fun. till six. We're like, wait a minute. We're laughing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just, dinner. it doesn't seem like work, you know. No. Right. right. It doesn't seem like work. Yeah. So what would each of you, if you could say one thing based on your experiences with this mind shift to a STEAM state of mind, to maybe other educators who who aren't sure about whether that's something they want to do, what would you say? Be willing to take a chance. Step out of your comfort zone, which you all know that I had to really do for, <laughs> for this team, for this project last year. <laughs> so, and see what happens. 
And you can find out that it goes a whole different way than what you might imagine that it did. Mm -hmm. And it was absolutely a wonderful experience for me personally, as well as it was for the kids. So what I would say is take that chance. Yeah, it was great. And I, and I would say definitely reach out to Byrne if, if we're talking in our district. Um, it's ex- He's just extremely helpful and willing to brainstorm any idea that you might have for something that you want to do with your class or in your school. I mean, he will jump in and brainstorm that with you and be extremely helpful. So you, you're not going to be on your own to make it all happen. There's definitely help out there because sometimes it's kind of daunting to think, I really want to do this, but it's, it's too much. It's too much. I'm not going to be able to do everything I want to do with it. So maybe I'm just going to put it on the back burner. Hmm. But I mean, reach out and, and Bern will help you make it happen. Well, and there's a lot of people in our district and in districts in the, you know, I mean, other districts who are listening, you know, people listening to other podcasts, there are people out there. You just, you have to be willing to ask for help and reach out. And, and you, that's just a good thing to do no matter what. Right. So I think my favorite, my, the thing I think is the most important is the integration. I think once you start integrating all the subject areas, it just, everything starts to click for kids. And I just watch them grow in their knowledge base across the whole year. And sometimes we get in these little compartmentalized things. It's reading time, it's math time, it's this. And kids don't put that all together. But when we do these types of projects and it just is put together for them, it is amazing the difference that the way they start to think and start to just pull things and, oh my gosh, and notice things. I think it's a great way to teach. I can't imagine teaching in a different way. Um, and I I love it. I just love it. And the more we do of it, the more sense it seems to make to kids in their learning. Isn't that awesome? Pretty cool. I told you this team is just amazing. And did you I ever think it. back when you guys were talking about a parade, Macy's Day parade, <laughs> that the result would bring you to tears? No. Right. No. Well, no. maybe some days we were like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're running around. Going in the hall to get their supplies. <laughs> cool. I mean, you, you guys were no. as invested in that as your kids were, and that's right. so cool. Right. Yeah, I drove by one day and I'm watching Amy sitting out in the lawn with her kids, and they all got their paintbrushes and they're painting. And, <laughs> and this was a November day, yeah, and I'm right. like, I'm going to keep driving right on by. You know? <laughs> She's got this. She's got it. Yep. Stress. Stress. Yep. Those were the best days, though. That was. Those are good days. You they know? are. And yeah. what they the kids are saying now even as it's we're starting i love school i love school i hear them say that over and over again and you know what for first grade if we end of the year and everybody's loving school i think we've done a really good thing yes i think we've really succeeded couldn't agree more and this year what we didn't run into last year since it was the first year these kids remember the parade Mm -hmm. and so they're like wait a minute we're gonna get to do that do we get to do the parade Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so that's (laughs) awesome they are starting off kind of knowing the end the end the end project and so they're They're motivated already Mm -hmm. right they are Mm -hmm. right i can't wait for the parade Mm -hmm. i know that's right i know it's gonna be here before we know it. it is why yes 
12 days. 12 school days. I might have counted yesterday. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. We'll do get it. done. Yes. We've been here before. Yep. We can do before. it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for Thanks. sharing. Thank you. Kind of your road to this sort of. Uh, mindset shift and and the impact it's had on you as teachers and on your students. It's pretty amazing to hear it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you and thank you, Byrne, for getting us started with it. Oh, yeah. And speaking you're giving of, me way too much credit. Ask Coach S. We have a question for you. <clears throat> so this comes from Vicky. She says, "So what are some of the materials? And we we talked a little bit about that that mm-hmm. that you provide to the teachers. How do you obtain those materials? And where do you store them?" Yeah. So that is always a really big problem when people are, um, and you, we talked about it here, getting the materials and the supplies, stuff like that. And that can be overwhelming. And some of the teachers, um, when they want to do STEAM projects or when they want to engineer something and go through the engineering design process, it's like, I don't have time to get these materials and I don't know how to do it or how to store it or organize and that type of thing. Now they do have out there um, maker spaces now, which are great that people are putting in there. But the one thing about maker spaces is that sometimes, honestly, they can be too organized and people are so worried about putting things back in the certain places. I remember last year, Mary over here, she was like, and, and I was like, just throw it in the tubs. And she's trying to like, well, we'll put all of these things here and organize it like that. Just throw it in the tubs. Well, but we can. And it, actually, it did end up helping me some, you know, having because she was, you know, the organizational thing. But um, honestly, when the kids pick through it, you think that when the kids pick through a big tub of just stuff that we've collected, they're the ones, that's when their imagination begins. When it's too organized in a way, we don't think about the kids using something that we didn't even think about. And so where do I get these get these materials for these big tubs? Well, first of all, um, you know, in teachers' lounges, a great place just to put a box that says steam donations and people can put in you know, like their bottle caps and their, um, you know, um, toilet paper rolls and their tissue boxes and their whatever, you know, like, um, you know, cereal boxes are a great thing to, you know, easy to cut out and the kids can use that. Um, you know, we go and anything that could possibly be used to engineer something that you might throw away in your trash, you know, keep it and bring it to school and, Give it to your steam later, put it in a box and, you know, the teachers can, you know, figure out, okay, what do I, what can I pull from here? Or you just put the box out and let the kids dig through and see what they want and use and need. Um, And so that is probably the, I, I don't go out and buy things except for like when we need like styrofoam balls for a specific thing that we know we have to do. But other than that, it's a lot of donations of what people are bringing in that they would typically throw away. I also have um, a couple of nursing homes that collect materials for us and get a lot of things. And they what they bring in, it's kind of funny because you know it's coming from a nursing home um, because the, some of the the bottles and the different caps and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's this came from the nursing home. you know. Um, and so you ask the community members. They are more than willing to 
um, you know, to share and to, you know, donate things because most of it, like I said, would go in the trash. Um, and so it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be organized in such a way that all the bottle caps go in here and all of the, you know, the, um, paper boxes go here or whatever, throw them just in the tub and let the kids explore and be creative with the material. Now, where do we put all these things? Well, that just depends upon your school. Um, there's so many, like in Kettering, you know, we have very little space to, you know, because we're just busting out of the seams because of all the wonderful things we have and all of the kids that we have here. Um, and so you have to be creative with your storage spaces and, so, you know, having these big tubs, you know, because when I come in, I roll in those big, you know, that you get from Home Depot or from Lowe's or whatever, um, and you bring it in and they, you know, they stack up neatly. Um, you know, they can go into a closet or into a basement. But what I also find is that they don't get stored very often because they're being used all the time. And so um, I don't really have an answer for the storage aspect of it. Just use it. Just don't use store it. it. Just and use it. it depends upon your building of where you can store things. Because like our floats, when they had students were doing it, where did you guys put the floats as we were building? In the classroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and quite it, the mess. <laughs> but it's really, only because you know it's short-term mess, yeah. right? You can right. live with short-term mess, and it's it's building the excitement right. every time you see it, and the kids were excited. And yep. I could tell the kids were talking to their families about it because I had actually a few different groups bring stuff from home. Like right. th- mm-hmm. Their moms would, the parents would email me, hey, so-and-so's telling me about this project and wondering if um, I could send in Do you this really want my trash? <laughs> Do you really want my recyclings? Um, so I'm like, yeah, send it in. So then they would talk to their parents about it at home, and yep. I was getting f- several donations from home. You know, for individual things, those burn I've used in my classroom before. I haven't done it for a couple years, but those shoe organizer things and yes. the cardboard mm-hmm. – I would have those on the counter, and each kid had one to park their creation. So we called it the creation station, and they parked their whatever they were working on went That's in their little idea. box. I love that. And one if you, you did could that. make that kind of space, that it, then nobody bothers it. Can't be bigger than right. what's right. going to fit in here, um, and that worked for me. That's awesome. That's great. Well, there's a lot of ideas. Collaborate with your you know, with your staff, your principal, find out, but it doesn't have to be an expensive and it doesn't have to be as organized as what people that's tend what to do. That's what Mary wants it to be. Right. Yeah, that's what Mary does. Yeah. She's our organizer. <laughs> she is. Thank God. But I, I need people like that we in my do. life. Yes. We oh, need yeah. a Mary. We all you need Mary. You do need a Mary on your team. Yes. Right? We absolutely, yeah, absolutely do. Absolutely do. But this has right. been great, yep. Carrie. Thanks, guys. You guys, Thank you. you guys are so awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you, Vern. Always great to partner with you on these 